families. Families are beautiful and they're complicated, aren't they? I mean, I myself grew up in a largish family, five kids, two parents, and a wide variety of animals through the years. I myself am the youngest of our brood, so I admit I had a unique vantage point from which to view the family. And truly, I admit, life wasn't always easy, but it was pretty good. As my parents grew older and needed much more assistance in their daily living and care, my siblings, each one, pitched in. We all worked together, recognizing that every one of us had a role to play, a gift to share, even though some roles seemed more significant than others. But that didn't matter because everyone's gifts were needed. I don't know if I've ever been more proud of my siblings than I was during those very challenging years. When I think of the ways that families can work together, love each other, and support the whole body, well, it makes me think of the text that we just read from 1 Corinthians. In it, Paul uses the imagery of the human body as a powerful reminder that we are all part of the body. Paul is referring to the body of Christ, the church, the family of God. It is a gift to be part of the body. And with belonging also comes responsibility. This belonging is an invitation to use our gifts for the building up of the body, for all gifts are useful in the context of community. Remember how Paul put it, indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but many. And God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the interior member that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. And when one suffers, we all suffer. When one is honored, we all rejoice. Today, we're looking at another family, a complicated, slightly dysfunctional family who are recognizing the need to figure out the roles they are each to play if they want their beautiful miracle of family to be healthy and strong and fully alive. Yes, we are continuing our sermon series, Hyde Park at the Movies, and we are looking at Encanto, a visually beautiful Disney tale. The story is told with magical realism, reminding me of some of Isabel Allende's novels. And the music, the lyrics and melodies, they are meaningful and so well-written, thanks to Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes, with its bright colors, larger-than-life characters, and catchy songs, many of us might be tempted to simply write this story off as a story simply for children. But believe me, there are many profound messages in this film. Encanto gives us an incredibly approachable and relatable family drama like a universal story of familial strife, and maybe, hopefully, an encouragement for us to look at our place in our families as well as our place in the church family, the body of Christ. 
this movie introduces us to Mirabelle of the family Madrigal. She's a non-magical girl struggling to find her place in the world. But wait a minute, let's back up to set the scene. The story is set in Colombia, South America, where Alma and Pedro, two star-crossed lovers, get married and are blessed with not one, but three babies. Yes, triplets. However, there's some sort of revolution or rebellion taking place, so a refugee situation leaves Alma, who soon becomes grandmother and abuela Alma in the story. The situation leaves abuela Alma widowed with three children but a miraculous candle. Some have said that candle's like the spirit of Pentecost, but a miraculous candle glowing with lots of light to guide their way. This candle brings new energy and it blasts away those folks pursuing Alma and it infuses her and her three children and their new home with magical gifts. These gifts are quite remarkable and they include superhuman strength, controlling the weather, the ability to communicate with animals, and shape-shifting. I'm not going to try that for you, though. As the family grows, each of the grandchildren go through what appears to be a religious confirmation-like ceremony where they vow to use their powers for good, to keep the family strong. And then they step through a doorway in their home and are gifted with incredible talents. This continues along just fine until it's time for Mirabel's ceremony. In the ceremony, nothing special happens. No extraordinary powers are given to her, and everyone is shocked. But everyone, including Mirabel, compartmentalized this awkwardly painful moment and in time move past it, pretending that everything is okay. We do that too, don't we? We sometimes ignore the, quote, elephant in the room until it becomes overwhelming and unbearable. So downplaying the event, Mirabel puts on a brave face and reminds herself just how lucky she is to simply be in the family Madrigal. And she takes on the role of serving, trying to be very helpful to her family. But inwardly, she's struggling. And in time, she begins to harbor resentment, and she lets that resentment fester. From the outside looking in, the family appears to be perfect, but within the walls of the casita, we begin to learn the truth. Things are not well. Unrealistic expectations have been lived out. Feelings have been bottled up, and favorites have been chosen. So let's meet some of those favorites from Mirabel's family. Abuela Alma, you've met, she runs the show. She's the reason Encanto is founded, but she also is a major player in its struggles. That heavy trauma that Alma witnessed with Pedro's death, well, that trauma defines her life. I believe many of us could relate to that part of Alma's story. And as a result, she becomes overly protective of her new home and of this family miracle created by Pedro's sacrifice. So she ends up putting a lot of pressure on her children and her grandchildren, making them feel inadequate, insecure, even lost if they are not able to make the family proud. 
Now that is a matriarch with a lot of power. And then there is Luisa, one of Mirabel's sisters. Luisa is the one who is super strong, but that places her in the unenviable position of being the rock of the family. She feels like she needs to constantly work to be valued by the family. Oh, how painful and judged she must feel. In the song she sings, Surface Pressure, she laments, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service. And who am I if I cannot carry it all? Oh, Louisa, she is crushed by the pressure of everything she is supposed to do. And she asks, if I could shake the crushing weight of expectations, would that free up some room for joy? Oh my, this is a seriously heavy burden to bear. Friends, if you are feeling like Louisa, I hope that you would open your ears and your heart today and hear Jesus speaking to you. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. You are not meant to shoulder it all alone. You are part of the community, so share your burdens with the family. Ask for help from them and from Jesus. Sisters. Now, sisters, Louisa and Mirabel, they didn't have any particular issues between them, but Mirabel and her sister Isabella, well, they experienced pure sibling rivalry. Now, sibling rivalry is not unusual in families, but it becomes much more pronounced when one child is treated far better than another. Mirabel was born without magical gifts of her own. But her eldest sister, Isabella, the golden child of the family, well, they clash at times. Isabella's grace and beauty make everyone praise her, for she has the gift of making gorgeous flowers and rows and rows of roses, and she feels that beauty is all that is permitted. She feels she always has to be perfect and do what is expected of her in the most beautiful of ways. But we learn she's supposed to marry someone she does not love and says, I never wanted to marry him. I was doing it for the family. Ouch. So when Mirabel confronts her about some of this, Isabella makes an ugly thorned cactus appear. And the truth is revealed that she doesn't want to be perfect. She wants to be herself. She learns that unexpected imperfections like ugly thorn cacti are beautiful. And she asks, what could I do if I just grew what I was feeling in the moment? What could I do if I just knew it didn't need to be perfect? It just needed to be, and they let me be. Yes, in trying to save the family magic, Mirabel approaches Isabella only to learn that Isabella feels just as trapped by her gifts as Mirabel is by her lack of gift. Their conversation makes Isabella have an epiphany. A healing occurs, and she gains a truer understanding of her potential and experiences more wholeness in her life. Praise be to God. 
Along the way, Mirabel discovers that the magic surrounding the Encanto is in danger. Her quest to discover the problem and make it right leads her to Bruno, Tio Bruno. Oh, we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. But we need to talk about Bruno. Uncle Bruno was given the gift of prophecy. He saw how the family could lose the magic and that Mirabel was the target of the family's fear and anxiety about it. Bruno became an outcast after receiving this vision and he chooses to hide. He goes into self-exile in the walls of the casita because he didn't want Mirabel to become an outcast too. Even so, his love for his family continues and it is stronger than any resentments he might hold. Oh, Bruno, we are so sorry for the shame and heartache you've endured for being wrongly accused. All throughout the movie, miscommunications, lack of honest talk and empathetic listening are tearing them apart. The house is cracking. The foundation is unstable and the body is breaking. Even so, Abuela Alma does all she can to hold on to the way things have been. Everything is fine, she says. The family Madrigal is fine. The magic is fine. And the harder she holds on, the harder she is on her granddaughter, Mirabel. Finally, Mirabel gets strong enough, gets upset enough to proclaim, I am not fine. We are not fine. And Abuela blames Mirabel that they are losing the magic. And the family house literally falls apart. Heartbroken at seeing her beloved Casita in shambles, Mirabel runs away just like Tio Bruno did 50 years ago. Everyone searches for her, and finally her grandmother finds her by the river, the river that she and Pedro had crossed many years ago, the river where her husband perished, the river where the miracle candle was given. In tears, Mirabel says, I am so sorry, I never meant to hurt us. I wanted to be something that I am not. And then Abuela recounts the family story to Mirabel in great detail. And she comes to see herself that she is holding on and her clinging to what has been has inflicted so much pain on her granddaughter and on her whole family. And she says to Mirabel, I was given a miracle, a second chance. And I was so afraid to lose it that I lost sight of who the miracle was for. And I am so sorry. You never hurt our family, Mirabel. We are broken because of me. Such a heartfelt and powerful confession Abuela makes. And so given deeper understanding of her grandmother's life, of all she's been through, of seeing her not as this strong matriarch, but perhaps for the first time as a real human being, Mirabel responds, I can finally see. And to her abuela, she says, you lost your home. You lost everything. 
You suffered so much all alone and so that it would never happen again. We were saved because of you. We were given a miracle because of you and nothing could ever be broken that we can't fix together. Abuela responds, I asked my Pedro for help, Mirabel, and he sent me you. And a way forward was found. Intergenerational trauma and deep family wounds are not resolved quite so easily. But this confession and request for forgiveness, well, it sets the scene for some real healing in all of these broken relationships. There are tensions and hard feelings and misunderstandings, envy and hurt throughout the movie. But all of those rest on a foundation of love, a love for and commitment to one another. That is how a way forward, that is how some healing can be experienced. There's so much to learn or be reminded of in this beautiful movie, Encanto. For starters, miscommunication tears us apart. Listening to one another is so important. Good, honest, truthful communication is essential. It surely would have helped Isabella not having to pretend she wanted to marry that handsome lug, right? We need to do this ourselves in our families, at school, in our places of work, and with one another right here in the body of Christ. Another thing to note is that everyone has struggles of their own. No matter how perfect they appear on the outside, we are all walking around as wounded people. Everyone's got a story of struggle. So be gentle with each other. Be a little more kind. Turn to wonder about why they might be acting that way. And give a little more grace when you can. A third thing to remember is overly pushing for perfection or doing things simply to get the approval of others, it's a bad idea. Indeed, it can be detrimental to your health. Many of the characters in the movie did this. Isabella thought that she always had to keep up appearances and be perfectly beautiful and graceful all the time, while inside she confessed, I want to feel the shiver of something new. I'm so sick of pretty. I want something true. And Louisa, Louisa had to carry those heavy loads, fix houses, move churches. It was eating her up inside like an ulcer. And under the surface, she says, I hide my nerves and it worsens. I worry something is going to hurt us. Just under the surface, her health is suffering. Her work doesn't define her. She's more important than her work or talents. And so are you. Friends, there's so much more to ponder in this movie, but thanks be to God, the characters eventually learn that it is not the magic, but the relationships between them that is the most important gift of all. That's the real miracle. Each member of the family has a purpose. They are all unique. Everyone is needed to accomplish all that they're intended to accomplish. Their gifts are not the same, but they all matter. Did you hear that? Similarly, each member in Christ's family, the church, has a purpose and has been given gifts. That includes us. 
you and me. I pray that we would learn that the miracle, the magic, comes from God, a beautiful, loving God who created us and gave us unique gifts. Yes, God created you just the way you are. So whatever your gifts are, I hope you'll figure them out. Take time to figure them out and then use them for glorifying God and building up the body of Christ. Will you pray with me? We thank you, O oh God, that we are members of your family. We are part of the body of Christ, a gift received through the fullness of your grace. Empower us anew to use our gifts to proclaim your reconciling word among people. Remind us that we are all members of the one body, and if one member suffers, we all suffer. So may we, as the body of Christ in this place, be the best evidence of your love by declaring and witnessing that love for all people. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. <music>